Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for the Tech Guy is provided by Cashfly. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. Hi, this is Leo Laporte, and this is my Tech Guy podcast. This show originally aired on Sunday, March 13th, 2011. Uh, we were live at Momo's in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. This is episode 752. Enjoy. Well, a good day from Austin, Texas. Yeah. And a big crowd here in Austin, Texas. The Tech Guy Show is on the road. We're at Austin, Texas at Momo's, which is a great club in uh, downtown Austin. I'm out here for the South by Southwest Festival. South by Southwest. Southwest. Say that fast. South by Southwest Interactive Festival. Uh, and, uh, boy, it's just a, a really beautiful day in Austin. A little muggy. Uh, a, a little cloudy still, although I'm sure the sun will uh, come out. And we are talking about tech here. I'd love you to uh, join me. Uh, you don't have to be in Austin to do that. You just have to have a phone. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. 888-827-5536. Toll free from anywhere in the U.S. of A. Outside the U.S., you can join us as well. Just use Skype out uh, to give us a ring. It's interesting. You know, here in Austin, there are about, I don't know, I think the last uh, count I saw was 40,000 True geeks assembled for South by Southwest Interactive. It's the first time this interactive festival has been larger than the original festival, the music festival they've been doing for many years in South by Southwest. It's actually three festivals now. It's film, web, and music. And uh, the web is the biggest for the first time. 40,000 people. There are just a ton of geeks here. So many so that Apple realized we better, we better get a store out here so they can all buy iPads. And every day this week, including today... There is still a line in front of the uh, Apple store, and uh, they call it a pop-up store in downtown Austin, to buy an iPad 2. That's all that store sells. How many of you in the audience have an iPad 2? Did you, some of you get in line? They're showing about, not that many, four, five, maybe. Uh, how many uh, will be getting an iPad 2, do you think? One? <laughs> the rest of you just happy as could be with your, uh, your Windows PCs, right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> that just shows you. There, there's a little bit of a bubble, I have to say, uh, uh, in the uh, in the Apple lovers world, where it just it, you know, and you, especially at an event like this, where you see a lot of iPads and a lot of Macs, and you see these pop up stores and lines around the block, you kind of think that well, the whole world must just be going crazy about the iPad too, and um, maybe not, maybe not. Apple sold 15 million uh, in year one, the first nine months. And uh, I suspect uh, they think they're going to sell twice as many, maybe even three times as many in uh, year two of the iPad 2. So uh, somebody's buying them. But compare that to the 200 million Windows PCs that were sold in the same time frame, and you can see that it's still still just a small fraction of the uh, overall audience. But we could talk about that. They're interesting article. We're finally, now that the iPad 2 is out, came out on Friday, we're finally learning something about it. Apple was not very forthcoming about what was in this thing. I've had one now for a couple of days, and my uh, initial reactions, I talked about it on the radio show yesterday, were, oh, it's nice. If you don't have an iPad 1, certainly the iPad 2 is the one to get. But if you already have an iPad 1, it's not that much nicer. And in fact, the benchmarks that are now coming out of Engadget kind of confirm that. They say, uh, well, it is, it is a 
dual-core processor, two, two processors, but they say running at not a gigahertz, as Apple quotes, but only 900 megahertz. So if Engadget is correct, and actually they're getting the data from a company called iFixit that, that makes a specialty of tearing down hardware as soon as it comes out, if, if, that, if that number is correct, it's actually slower than iPad 1 unless you have an application that will take advantage of two processors. Uh, your operating system does, of course. So I, I've heard people say, wow, it's really cool. I can download apps and still be running an app. And But, you know, how many people do that? How often? Um, programs like GarageBand, this new GarageBand that they wrote specifically to take advantage of the iPad 2, pretty amazing because it does, in fact, use both cores and it can do a lot of things at the same time. I mean, it's a really sweet-looking application that allows you to do 8-track recording. You couldn't do that without these dual-core processors. It also has, according to the uh, iFixit teardown, a very fast graphics chip. A graphics chip, they say, that not only mops the floor with the original iPad, but also with its chief competition right now, the Motorola Zoom. Apple's saying it's nine times faster than its predecessor. That's not strictly true, according to iFixit, but it's considerably faster, almost nine times faster. Uh, and when you're playing a game like Infinity Blade, which is a, a really great demonstration, it's the Unreal Engine on a tablet, uh, you really do see the difference um, in the performance of the game. So there, there's some pretty impressive stuff going on inside the iPad too, but not... Oops, sorry, I started Infinity... Oh, wow, let me just play that game for a little bit. Sorry. It, they, not so much so that I'd say, you got to run out and get an iPad too. If you already have an iPad... I just want everybody to feel okay about it. You don't have to get the new one. I'll give you a break. Apple would love you to buy a new one every year, whether you need it or not, but not this year. I think you could skip till the next year. How about those of you in the audience who have an iPad too? Are you thrilled that you got one? Is it, yeah, they're, they're nodding. They like it. Does it seem a lot faster? It does. All right. So they're saying that the apparent speed is faster. Now, of course, it's going to depend a lot on what you, uh, what you do. So if you've got an iPad too, or if you're thinking about getting an iPad too, we could talk about that. If you, are thinking about getting one of the competition, the Motorola Zoom, X-O-O-M, or the uh, the new BlackBerry Playbook, which we know now will come out in just a couple of months. We could talk about the pros and cons of that. 8888-ASK-LEO, that's the phone number. 888-827-5536. Apple has a new laptop. The new MacBook Pros just came out with uh, much faster chips and... Uh, I have one in front of me that I have to say you do you do notice a big speed change in that. The biggest change, though, I have to say, and this this is something anybody could do to an existing computer and speed it up. Even a netbook would benefit somewhat. Is put a solid state drive in it. This has a 128 gig solid state drive, and boy, I tell you, applications launch just like that. Boot up is in seconds instead of minutes. Uh, programs once they're running probably don't run any faster, but you know it it kind of points up an important fact about the speed of computers there's apparent speed and there's and there's real speed the apparent speed is things like how fast it boots how fast an application launches the real speed is how fast it does things once you're in an application how fast photoshop can do a, a blur for instance that's the real speed of the computer but you know what no we're humans are uh, easy to trick we we pay more attention to how fast the application launches microsoft knows that there was a, a brilliant thing they did in uh Windows XP, they started in Windows XP, they really do it in Windows 7. They just made sure that it looked like the computer was booted up before it really was. 
They put they made sure that desktop popped up right away and the icons popped up. You couldn't do anything, but it felt like it booted faster because everything looked like it was almost ready. They're very clever that way. Uh, all all the computer industry is very clever that way. Apparent speed is a lot easier to fake than real speed. It's a lot easier to make it feel faster than it is to actually make it faster. Nevertheless, I think putting a solid state drive in any computer is is a significant difference. It really makes a difference. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. 888-275-536. If you are in the Austin area, come on by Momo's. We'd love to see you. We'll be here all afternoon. I'm gonna, After the radio show, we're going to do uh, our, our news show, Tech News, today, and then our weekly roundup of uh, tech news this week in tech. Uh, we already have a pretty a surprisingly good crowd. What are you guys going to do for lunch? You're here. You're here. Yeah, you're going to start. You're going to starve to death. Uh, you, if you pan over a little bit, Brent, you can see you can see there's a lot of people also sitting at the bar. Yeah, there. See, there's a good there's a goodly crowd, and there's people out in the patio. It's fun. It's really fun. Uh, website is alive and humming. Techguylabs.com. I talked with the folks at Premiere this week. They said, can you make that a little bit nicer? I said, well, yes, let's work together to make it a little bit nicer. But I admit it is a, is a website that looks like it was designed in 1972. But it's all there. Everything you'd want to know. This is a, There are 752 episodes in the can, and every one of them is at techguylabs.com with the show notes, the audio, information you're looking for. You don't have to write it down as you're driving around town today. You just... Go to techguylabs.com and you'll find what you're looking for. You'll also find a link there to our chat room. That's always a lot of fun. There are already 836 people in there and growing fast. You can say hello by uh, stopping by there. Just click the link that says chat. We'll get you in there. Uh, and you can watch us live as we are broadcasting live from Momo's uh, at live.twit.tv. But all of that's at techguylabs.com. That's the link uh, to follow. And, of course, my phone number, 888-827-5536. We go to the phones in just a bit from Austin, Texas. I am Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Austin, Texas at the South by Southwest Interactive Festival and the beautiful Momo's Bar where they got the fans, the overhead fans going. We're taking your calls at 8888-ASK-LEO. Ellie on the line from Honolulu, Hawaii. Hi, Ellie. How are you today? I'm okay. I'm the leadoff batter today, huh? You are. You're leading off. And uh, <laughs> so how was the storm surge? Did you get a, or a tsunami? Did you get a, Did you get any waves? Um, there was some, but where we live, we don't have to worry about evacuating because we're on the side of a mountain. That's a good place to live. People were coming up here. <laughs> yeah, you're on the high ground. Yep. So we didn't have to worry. But um, there was more marine damage than anything else. Yeah, we had that same problem uh, on the California coast as well. But it's nothing, of course, compared to the horrible uh, oh, situation in Japan. And just... Watching it, you know. It's just, uh, it's riveting, you know, and um, and very sad. And we just wish the best for everybody there. Yeah, and everybody has to watch where they donate their money because there's a lot of fraud going on. There's always somebody who wants to capitalize. Isn't that criminal? Yeah, just, uh, come on. 
people need money. There, there's a really desperate situation, and you're trying to rip people off. It's... Red Cro- Just go to the redcross.org. Make it easy on yourself. You'll know you're giving it to the right people. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And uh, if you go to redcross.org, it's right there on the front page. And they will explain ways to donate, including uh, you can do it via a text message uh, to the Red Cross. Uh, and that's actually working quite well. The, um, the, the telcos, the wireless companies, don't take a big chunk of that. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, I'm not going to do it that way because it just gives money to the wireless companies. Who wants to donate to them? But, uh, in fact, uh, the wireless companies give back their charge on that, their, uh, their percentage on that. Right. So, Ellie, Ellie, what can I do for you? I wanted to talk about an app that's out for the iPhone, and you probably can use it on the iPad, too. Um, it's called Looktel, L-O-O-K-T-E-L. And what it is, it's a money reader for people who are totally blind. Or oh, what an low- interesting idea. And it's great. It's $1.99, but it's really worth it. That is fascinating. Because these phones, uh, these smartphones all have cameras now, an app can help you. So uh, I, we should mention, I, if Ellie's blind or you have low vision. Right. And uh, so that would be an issue. A, a dollar, all dollar bills uh, feel exactly like $100 bills. There's no way to really tell. With reading money, but um, I took the app anyway so I could demo it to show people. We showed people over at the Apple Store yesterday. And um, I played with the iPad, too, and I really don't find it much lighter than the original. It's not. It's a very small amount lighter. Um, it is thinner, though, isn't it? Yep. I like the cover. I think it's fun to play. <laughs> I like, but I'm not running out to buy one because I just can't uh, justify it right now. Yeah, no, I, I think that my message, I just want to make it as clear as possible, is if you already have an iPad, do you know? Do not feel compelled to run out and get one unless you say, I have to have that camera or I have to get a fat, for some reason I need a faster processor. But I think of the iPad one, you know, it's funny, I was, I've been using them both interchangeably. And since most of my applications in the iPad 1, I use the iPad 1, and it just does not seem slow or in any way uh, second rate compared to the iPad 2. I, you don't, don't feel the need to oblig- to, uh, the obligation to upgrade. Port the apps from the original iPad to the second? Do you have to go through the iTunes to do it? You do. There's two ways to do it. First of all, Apple has continued its uh, policy of requiring you to activate the iPad by hooking it up to a computer with iTunes. You just have to do that. You could do it at the store. They would activate it for you at the store, I think. But really, uh, even though Steve Jobs and Apple says we're in a post-PC era, yeah, gosh darn it, you do need a PC if you're going to have an iPad. Uh, to act, Not only to activate it, but you want to connect it from time to time to back it up. That's how you back up the iPad. And as you know, I'm a big fan of backup. Um, that backup is your solution to your question. W- hook up the old iPad to your iTunes, let it back up, and then hook up the new iPad and restore it from the backup and you should have all the applications. You can also use plain old sync, since all the apps that you own are on your iTunes. Uh, just synchronize your new iPad to iTunes, and it'll have all the apps as well. Okay. So there's two ways to do it. The more complete way is to do a restore from a backup. That's going to get all your data moved over, your saved games. If you play games, uh, you won't have to re-enter your account uh, uh, subscriptions and so forth. Uh, but, uh, you know... That's, so that's the most complete way to do it. But if you just wanted the apps, if you wanted, didn't, want to, didn't want to move everything over, that would be a way to do it. Okay. Thank you. So good to talk to you, Ellie. I'm glad you're safe and sound. Take care. Go to line two. Deborah Pacifica, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Deborah. 
Line two. She's disappeared. How about line four, Ron in Arcadia, Northern California. Hey, Ron. Hello, uh, Leo. Hey, great to have you. Welcome to the show. Excellent. Uh, great day. Uh, wanted to ask you real quick. Um, uh, I'm doing a website for my mother's club. It's the first time I've ever dry- done this. I'm usually a quick learner. I've worked with YouTube tutorials and step-by-step sites. Good for you. That's um, great. But I'm willing to try this. However, uh, being dyslexic a little bit, uh, I need a simple step-by-step, hold-your-hand type of a website creation tool. Uh, can you make some suggestions? And, yes. Um, Stop. Okay. <laughs> and, and rethink your uh, strategy. Okay. What you really want, and any, and this is whether you know what you're doing or not. Uh, this is even if you're an old hand at this stuff. What you really want nowadays is something called a content management system or a CMS. In the early days of the web, and I think that that kind of concept has persisted, even though it's 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 antiquated now. You did everything all together. You did the design. You did the content. Uh, you did whatever back-end programming there was. One person did it, and you did it all together in a big lump. That's why we have programs like Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver lets you embed the design and content into a single page. It's it's fine for static pages, and there are, yes, still some pages done that way, but it's pretty old-fashioned. The modern way of doing a web page divides it up into three parts. There's the content. That's what your mom's going to do. That's what you're going to do. And that's what you do day in, day out. There's the design, you do that only once at the beginning, and then there's the engineering, the software, and most of that you can use is off the shelf. You don't have to write it yourself, you don't have to hire a programmer. So here's what I would suggest for you, Ron, or anybody who's starting a website, uh, especially if you don't have any experience, instead of uh, doing it piecemeal, find a, find a company that, that does, has a content management system and use theirs. They'll have templates you can start with. You can customize if you feel like it, but you don't have to. The content is easy to do. They'll give you web-based forms or sometimes even apps on iPhones or Blackberries or, or Android phones that you can create the content and post it. It makes it so much simpler. The content is no longer mixed with the design, and the engineering is all handled by the company. So there are a number of companies that do this. WordPress.com is very well known. That's absolutely free. Uh, another good one is uh, TypePad. Uh, they have a monthly service charge, but they do hosting and the, the software. And then my favorite, and, and I'll give you a disclaimer, they're, the, uh, they're an advertiser on the show, squarespace.com. Same idea. They do the hosting. They have templates. You, what I would do right now, Ron, is instead of going out and learning all this, unless you really want to learn it, that's another matter. But what I would suggest, if you just want to get the site up, you want it to look beautiful, you want it to work, go to squarespace.com. They have a two-week trial. Set up the site. Show mom. Say, this is what I think, and look how easy it is for you to update. Much, much easier. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. This portion of the Tech Guy Show is brought to you by Carbonite.com. It's backup done right. 
online, secure, automatic. You got to try it. Go to Carbonite.com. Use the offer code Leo. You got to back it up to get it back. So do it right with Carbonite. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. If I'm a little hoarse, it's because, uh, well, I'm at South by Southwest, which is a massive party for nerds in Austin, Texas. Uh, it is uh, an interactive festival. We're actually uh, at Momo's in uh, Austin right now, downtown Austin, with a great live audience. Say hello, everybody. <laughs> Wonderful bunch of people came out early after partying late last night. Uh, we actually streamed live from uh, uh, the the downtown area. We had a, we have this camera. It's so cool. It's a camera on a backpack. Actually, the, the, the camera's not on the backpack, but it goes into this backpack that has inside it slots for 12 3G cards and 4G cards. So we put these 3G units in it, uh, and it gets data from Sprint, AT&T, Verizon, whoever it can, mushes it all together so that we can send a high-def stream uh, back to the studio without any wires. It's, called, it's from a company called LiveU, live in the letter U.com. And this LiveU backpack's amazing. We actually we put it on at one end of 6th Street and just walked all the way down 6th Street, which is the party the party capital of Austin. It's just, uh, it's insane. They block it off to cars and it's just crazy. Brent by our camera guy was carrying the backpack and the camera. And we just, we just walked down the street. <laughs> he's, he's hurting today. Let me tell you, we just walked down the street, uh, and, and just saw party after party. And then finally got to the end of, of the street and uh, a barbecue place called Stubbs, where my friend, uh, Kevin Rose was doing his show. He's, I don't know how he gets, he gets this huge crowds. 2,500 people. It's like a rock concert to see his uh, show, Dignation. Free barbecue, is that what it is? It's free food? Oh, we got to do free food next time. Aha! Now, Kevin's it puts on a great show. They've got a magic act. They've got the DJs. They do all sorts of things. They've got a band. Uh, and there's 2,500 people ready to have a good time. Uh, I went there with the camera. I did this last year by myself. This time I had Brent and... Uh, uh, I had Tom Merritt and uh, Lisa Bettany, a couple of my co-hosts, and they started chanting in the audience, Leo, Leo. And I thought, what is this, Leo? They wanted me to crowd surf. Now, I did this last year, and I said, I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. Well, I, you know, when 2,500 people demand something, you don't have a whole lot of choice. So uh, I, I, I uh, rounded up my, uh, my posse, and Kevin Rose, Alex Albrecht, David Prager, all of them from the Dignation Show, Lisa Bettany, my co-host and I, we all, all five of us, leapt into the audience, and they carried us around on their hands all around the audience. For a mi- And you know, we were trying to set a record. I had done it last year for 30 seconds, and we were trying to set a record. One minute, 50 seconds, they carried us around. They finally got us back up on stage. It's a new world record. We are certified by the uh, universe. Yes. We are certified by the Universal Records Database, URDB.org, as uh, the world's, I think, the world's longest group crowd surf. And my advice is never to do this because there were, you know, last time it was great. It was just me, and they buoyed me beautifully. I floated along like I was on a, on the, on a sea of love. This time, I think it was a little distracting that there were four other people. They couldn't pay. And we, it was like the, the high seas. The surf was up. It was up and down and up and down. I thought, I'm going to die. We, but we survived. We made it. And that was a lot of fun. So um, I think we're going to, I think we have video of that. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
everybody there. Every, you can't you cannot walk five feet without being on video somewhere. In fact, it's uh, it's gotten to the point now where everybody has. There's a lot of people with these live view backpacks and cameras, and everybody's shooting everybody else. There's just a lot of video of other people taking video. It's cr- it's crazy, it's crazy. So anyway, uh, thank you to uh, Kevin and uh, his his team and uh, to everybody in Austin. Boy, we we had a lot of fun. It is uh, it is an, it is an amazing event. And yes, there's a real serious purpose to this because a lot of companies and entrepreneurs and startups come here. Some of them to learn about the business, and some of them to show off what they're doing. And um, just it's it's a very fertile environment right now. The amount of innovation that's going on is incredible. In years past, at this festival, Twitter became discovered uh, in 2007. It was the first time, kind of a large group of people used Twitter, and everybody said, "Wow, this is amazing." A couple of years ago, Foursquare was very big here. Last year was Gowalla. This year, there's 20 or 30 companies all trying to be the next big thing, and I think, frankly, that makes a lot of background noise. It's kind of hard to uh, tell. Everybody's saying, what's the next big thing? I don't know. All of them. All of them, I guess. 8888-ASK-LEO, that's the phone number. We can talk about that, but we can probably talk about something a little more closer to home, your personal technology. Uh, Deborah's on the line from Pacifica, Northern California. I think we got her this time, listening to the great KGO in San Francisco. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Leo. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Um... Okay, here's my situation. I got a CC Radio 2 for Christmas. I love um, those. That's that's the C-Crane company. Right. And right. they're still I, making I'm radios. I'm very happy with Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but I try, the reason why I got it was I was trying to pull in some uh, channels from L.A., and they don't come in. And I was wondering, I called C-Crane, and they recommended their twin coil ferrite AM antenna. Yeah, it's all about the antenna. So especially now at night, remember, you are, what is it, five or 600 miles north. I mean, normally you're not supposed to hear those stations. Radio stations are, are forbidden by the FCC from broadcasting into you know neighboring markets because they'll interfere with the radio stations on the same frequency. But it happens that really strong stations like KFI, our sister station in uh, Los Angeles, KGO, the station you're listening to now, especially at night, have really great signals. At night, they propagate by, they skip off the atmosphere, and so they can go a lot farther. Have you tried it at night? What what, what I ordered, what was it called? A Trek antenna? Yes, the Trek antenna. Those are good antennas too, but again... It, it you know you can have the best antenna in the world if it's not a strong enough signal it's you know it's the be- the better antennas will pick up weaker signals but there these stations are not su- you're not supposed to be able to get them uh, try it at night first with the existing antenna the antenna in the in the CC radio too is pretty good you're right a uh, they're right they know what they're talking about uh, an additional external antenna AM is a ferrite core the Trek antennas are more amal aimable antennas um, those will uh, do a better job, but I can't guarantee you'll be able to get it. You're doing something. You're doing something called DXing. Hams used to do this all the time, trying to get distant radio signals. It's it's, it's sure a lot of fun. I used to, when I was a kid growing up, I'd listen to shortwave radio. But you know what? It's real funny. I, back in '84, I used to sit in my backyard with a small little trench. Mm-hmm. I could get the Dodger game. I know. I know. What do you want to listen to a Dodger game for? <laughs> 
you should be listening to the Giants. No, I understand. In fact, that's what I did. That's how I got into radio, really, is I would DX uh, distant stations. I'd do it at night, and it was so much fun. And then I got into shortwave, but I got to tell you, guess what? We don't even need to do that anymore because the Internet brings all of those stations right into our house. Do you have a computer, Deborah? I have a computer, yeah. So almost certainly the station that you're trying to get and spend all this money trying to get and might be able to get kind of crackly in the distance. And I admit that that's cool and that's fun. That station is almost certainly broadcasting a high-fidelity signal on the Internet that all you have to do is, is set your browser to it. Go to a site called Receiva. First of all, figure out which station is broadcasting the games that you want. You need to know their call letters or call sign. Then go to Receiva, R-E-C-I-V-A dot com, and enter in those call letters. And Receiva is a directory of all the Internet radio stations. You'll almost certainly find that station and be able to listen on your computer. You can also buy Internet radio. C. Crane makes a great Internet radio that uses Wi-Fi or plugs into your internet access and then can pick up these stations and you listen to them on a radio just like it's an actual radio. So as much as I loved the days of listening under the covers to distant radio signals nowadays, thanks to the internet, you just do it on your computer. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Leo Laporte, the tech guy Woo-hoo! from Austin, Texas. That's a good song for Austin. 8888, ask Leo. I'm a little hoarse. We had a big party last night, but uh, I'm here to answer your questions. 8888, ask Leo. Our chat room is very handy in this kind of thing. In fact, um, M1DLGPC says that he has another uh, internet radio site that he likes a lot, Wi-Fi Radio-Frontier. Com. We'll put this in the show notes at techilabs.com, Wi-Fi radio-frontier.com. So the idea is if you find a site like Receiva or this, I haven't tried it, Wi-Fi radio-frontier.com, uh, they have a directory of Internet radio stations, so you know where to point your iTunes or your Winamp or your Internet radio software. Uh, but there's also uh, Internet radios themselves that have their own directories. You can search through directories. And I forgot to mention, but if it's, if it's based to go is uh if it's baseball you want a great way to go is uh, mlb uh baseball or mlb.com they're uh they have an at bat program on the iphone and ios uh and android that lets i love this program it lets you follow the games both graphically and you know they'll have a uh, it looks like a video game picture the batter but they show where the pitches are coming in across the plate the strike zone but you can also click there's a little headphone icon and you can listen to the radio audio from any game, and we're in spring training right now, but this will happen uh, during uh, the regular season as well, uh, from either of the stations, your local station or your way, your home station or your way station. So there's, uh, I'm listening to the uh, Tigers versus the Orioles on WBAL in Baltimore right now through my iPad. So if it's baseball you're interested in, you absolutely, there's a lot of opportunities uh, to listen online. And I think the iPad, iPhone, Android apps, the MLB at bat apps are pretty cool. They're not cheap. This is a $14 app, but it's for the whole season. Uh, and I, uh, you can add a video as well. You can watch the games. Right now they're doing um, 
you know, because it's spring training, you can watch the video. You can see what that's going to look like uh, because, you know, they're, they're doing a preview. They'll, they'll make you pay for it uh, after a while. But I think this is a pretty slick little application. The website does it as well. So there's lots of ways. If, if it's baseball you want or basketball, uh, I don't know about football, but it's certainly baseball and basketball. The NBA does this as well. There's plenty of ways to hear these, uh, these, these spring training games uh, online. I really, I actually, I love this MLB at bat. They just released the new 2011 version. I bought it immediately. Back to the phones we go. Uh, and Yvonne is in Mountain View. Yvonne, Leo Laporte, the tech guy, line four. Hi, Leo. Thanks for all the info you provide for us. Thanks, Yvonne. Weekly. All right. Um, is there such a thing as a basic cell phone that works like it's 40 years old. I call somebody, <laughs> they call me, and I do long distance, maybe 300-mile radius. That's under 30 a month. Why would you want that when you can spend hundreds of dollars a month <laughs> and uh, and be able to uh, figure out how much to tip people? I mean, it's just great. No, I, I understand. Know, In fact, more money? and more people are saying, just give me a phone, please. No. Um, there are there are a, a number of companies. First of all, there are different ways to do this. You can go to a 7-Eleven and get what's called a burner phone, which has minutes on it. They're basic cell phones. Uh, once you use up the minutes, you either buy more minutes or you throw it away. That's why they call it a burner phone. Um, there are uh, companies like Metro PCS and Boost Mobile that are kind of lower-end cell phone companies that have very affordable plans. 30 bucks is absolutely uh, possible. And simple phones that just make phone calls. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think that the key is to stay away from the big guys, the Verizons and AT&Ts of the world, and uh, look at Boost Mobile or uh, Metro PCS if they're in your area. Right. My, my mom, now, for older folks who want a phone with, that's a simple, not only a simple phone, but has bigger buttons and is a lot easier to use, my mom uses a Cricket phone, mycricket.com. And they have plans that start at $35 a month. And they're very simple, very clean, very easy-to-use phones. Um, designed for people who just want it easy and simple. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take a mycricket.com is a good one. That's available everywhere. Thank you, Marianne. Appreciate the call. Bye. Uh, is uh, let's see. I'll go to. I guess oh, that was Yvonne, right? So I'll go to Marianne in Los Angeles now. Line one. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Oh, hi there, Leo. Hi, Marianne. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Technology passed me by and I let it go because I really am not interested. But I have a big problem. I'm going to Russia and I need to know if my uh, Motorola, and I wrote it down, so I have a V3XX phone with a Verizon pay-as-you-go, um, what do you call that? Yeah, yeah. yeah but you want to know if it'll work in Russia? Yes. <clears throat> it won't. United States. Yeah. Or Europe or any place. Yeah, I don't think it will. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. Russia uses a cell phone technology called GSM. Most of the rest of the world does. Verizon does not. So uh, unless you buy a world phone from Verizon, a phone that is specifically designed to work outside of the U.S., it won't. You can go back to your Verizon and say, hey, I need a world phone. And they have a number of different phones they sell that do work in Russia and worldwide. But that particular phone is not a world phone, unfortunately. Probably the, the easiest, simplest thing to do uh, depends how long you're going to be overseas. If you're going to be overseas for more than a few weeks, what I would do is buy an, a simple unlocked GSM phone. That means a GSM phone, you can buy it anywhere, Amazon, uh, a GSM phone that isn't tied to any particular character, carrier. 
you can get a, you know, a Nokia phone for around for under $100. Then when you get to where you're going, you buy what's called a SIM card. That's In all GSM phones, there's a little tiny micro card, little chip that they put in there that gives it a personality. It gives it the phone number. It, it's your account. If you go to Russia and, uh, and you arrive there, you just ask the concierge. He'll tell you where to get a SIM card. He might even have some SIM cards. They're cheap. Now, it's going to give you a Russian phone number, but it will give you the ability to use that phone in Russia, and it'll be a lot cheaper. Only good if you're going to be there for a while. Only, only really useful if you're going to be there for a while. Uh, if you're not, then talk to Verizon. Say, I need a world phone. And you should also, by the way, uh, say, do you have an international plan? This is why people do this whole complicated SIM card thing. It may cost 2 or $3 a minute to take calls from the U.S. I don't want a plan. I, I, this pay-as-you-go thing is my ideal plan. Yes. I, I don't want that's, it. And that's kind of what you'll get if you get an unlocked phone and you get a SIM card. You'll just buy this. It's just like your pay-as-you-go. Here's $30, and the SIM card has minutes on it. The only negative of that is you don't have a U.S. phone number anymore. You have a Russian phone number. Ah. Mm. <laughs> So I don't know if Verizon Wireless offers world phones for pay-as-you-go customers. I don't know if they do that, but uh, that's that's what you need to ask them for. But basically, it's the phone that's the problem on this one, right? Yeah, it's the phone technology is not compatible with the, the radio technologies they use overseas. You have to have a world phone. If you, if you get a phone from AT&T or T-Mobile... Those are all almost all world phones. Um, but you still have this issue of I'm paying in a U.S. plan. If you have a pay-as-you-go phone and you try to use it in Russia, you'll use up those minutes pretty quickly, almost instantly, because you're going to be paying you know several dollars a minute. So traveling with a phone is a little bit tricky. If you have a GSM phone, if it's a T-Mobile or an AT&T phone, call your wireless carrier, say, I'm going overseas, this is the, these are the countries I'm going to. I'd like to, if you have a, data, a smartphone, I'd like to get a data plan, overseas data plan. Usually they're a buck a megabyte. And I'd like to know what the international calling rates are going to be. And they are usually a buck or two a minute or more. They're very expensive. The only alternative to doing that is getting an unlocked phone and service in the country you're in, buying a SIM card in the, in the country you're in. That's cheap, but you will lose the, you know, you, you'll have to give your friends in the U.S. your strange Russian phone number. Or you could have your phone number forward, but then you'll be paying the full freight. Line two is Paul Huntington Beach, California. Hey, Paul, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, Leo. Um, see, I'm uh, currently switching my Internet provider, and my wife and I currently have email addresses with this, e with this uh Internet provider, and I guess I wanted to talk with you about what's the advantages of, since I'm going to a new Internet address, to going to Gmail or Yahoo versus going with the other Internet provider uh, email address. Uh, I would recommend that because now you wouldn't have, if you had done that in the first place, you wouldn't be moving, right? Uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. You know what I really recommend, and maybe this is a little fancy, is getting your own domain name. So uh, you can inexpensively, about 9 or 10 bucks uh, a year, go to someone like, uh, well, anybody, any of the domain registrars, and get, you know, Paul, paulsemail.com uh, or whatever you want. And you never have to change that ever again. You just forward that to whoever your Internet service provider is. But 
A lot of people say, ah, it's too complicated. So yes, Gmail, Yahoo Mail, that's a great solution. I like Gmail myself. And, and then that way you never have to change it again. It's just, you know, and you can even forward it to your ISP mail. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. More calls right after this. Well, a good day to you, Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy Hour 2 of the Tech Guy Show, coming at you live from Austin, Texas, from the great Momos. Hello, Austin! Wow. There's actually a, a pretty big group of people here to watch a radio show. I, it's nothing more boring than watching a radio show. Some guy's sitting here talking. But they do it, and I thank you. Uh, we are... Uh, live uh, because, um, well, we thought it'd be kind of fun to do the show from uh, Momos, but also because uh, we're in town for the big South by Southwest conference in Austin, Texas. It's a great conference uh, for Web 2.0 entrepreneurs, people who want to be a Web 2.0 entrepreneur. Uh, We've been broadcasting it live on my uh, Twitter network uh, for the last couple of days. We'll do some more this afternoon and this evening, too, if you want to see that at live.twit.tv. We kind of like doing conferences like this because gives people a chance, uh, people who don't normally get to these conferences because it's expensive and involves taking time off for work and a lot of travel, a a chance to see what it's like to be at a conference. In this case, we aren't really covering the conference sessions. Nobody goes to the conference sessions at South by Southwest. It's all about the parties. We're here for the parties. In fact, I got in line uh, uh, yesterday to get my badge, my conference badge, and it was quite a bit of rigmarole to get one. And and I finally said, do I really need this? I don't think I'm going to be at any conference events. But it's a nice thing. It's a souvenir. So I do have the badge, even though I have yet to have uh, any use for it. Let's get back to the phones. 8888-ASK-LEO, 888-827-5536. That's the phone number. Uh, Joe's on the line from Knoxville, Tennessee. Hello, Joe. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hello, Leo. How are you doing today? I'm great. A little hoarse. I apologize. I've been shouting too much at this party uh, town. I called in last week and got disconnected for some reason at the last minute. I don't know what happened there. But oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, what can I do for you? No problem. Uh, my question is, I'm kind of a techno junkie myself, and uh, I like to be able to listen to you know the tech broadcasts and things like that off the computer, but I don't want to be sitting here at the computer doing it. I like to be able to roam around the house, and there's times you know two-way you know communications would be good to have is does anybody make a good headset that gives you your two-way communication so you could do this or skype or i get on pal talk or oh yeah i'm also a ham radio operator and i use a program called echo link which lets me talk over the internet to ham radio stations and stuff oh that's neat and you do that all through the computer so what you really need is a is kind of a bluetooth headset that gives you stereo audio so you can be listening to the computer and then if you need it, you can talk back to it. Yes. Oh, yeah, there's a, a lot of companies make these. This is a very uh, uh, big category, actually, because more and more people are doing exactly that. So, um, 
There are a number of companies that make kind of more traditional headphones that have a built-in microphone. Sony makes some. I use, uh, a, a, believe it or not, Nokia uh, headset. I think it's called the BH, I want to say BH100. I can't remember the exact model. But uh, there are Nokia rechargeable headphones. Obviously, they have to be rechargeable. They have to have a battery in them to do this, right? Uh, and they're Bluetooth. Most uh, nowadays, I'm sorry, BH905, that's the model number. Nowadays, uh, most um, uh, computers support Bluetooth as well as uh, phones. Um, the, uh, uh, the headphones themselves can be either full over-the-ear headphones. The BH505s are kind of in the ear. They have a little back piece that goes around the back of your head. Uh, Motorola makes a headphone like this they call the Rocker. So there are quite a few of these. This is a fairly uh, big category. Um, you, you almost just have to choose the one uh, that, that you like the uh, feel of. Yeah. On the, I know on Pow Talk, on a group that I'm involved with, you know, you have to you know, like raise your hand. You click a button, raise your hand, and then when it's your turn, you can start. Right. Are these Vox activated or do they have a... Yeah, that's, that's another issue because uh, you, you want to push to talk or something like that, don't you? Yeah, that would be nice to have. Yeah, um, I think you. I think it. The, the the headphones themselves are not Vox. Vox means that when you talk, they turn on. They're always on, mm -hmm. but the software, usually the software on on Team Talk and various things, is is Vox activated. In other words, unless you're saying something, it'll mute you. Yeah. So I would look at the soft. I think the software does do that. Okay. Uh, but not the headphones. No. Uh, the most Bluetooth that I know of. Do not have mute buttons. I'm trying to think. Most of these, I think, do not have mute buttons. So you just have to use software that can that can do that. Okay. Now, like I use on PowerSoft, uh, like I said on that one, you have to raise. You know, you click a button on the screen to raise. Right. And then and then when you your turn. Right. And of course, the way you'd like to use these, you're not anywhere near the screen. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm you know, if I'm listening to something and I want to talk, then I, you know, it's no big issue to walk back to it and 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 do the clicks that I have to do on the keypad, but to be able to be away from the computer and listen to things going on. Yeah, I would Yeah, I would say if you want to do that, you'd have to have software that did Vox built in, not the headphones. The ones I, uh, I use myself, actually, are the Nokia BH905s, as I mentioned. They're about 150 bucks. They also have uh, their active noise canceling. They're like those Bose uh, headphones, so they're great for uh, airplanes, too. They have now, obviously, you can't use Bluetooth on an airplane because it's a wireless, but uh, you could, they have wired or wireless operation. And they sound quite good. They're very comfortable, lightweight. But as I said, there are many different companies that make Bluetooth headsets that do exactly this. They have a built-in microphone. I think the Vox, I don't know of any that do Vox automatically. Chatroom, is there anything that uh, you know of? I think the software is going to have to do that. The Motorola Rocker has mute, says JB in the chat room. So that's... That's one that you if you could probably find some that have some mute built in. Uh, let's see, uh, line uh, two, Gertie in California. Hey, Gertie, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Leo. Oh, my name is Gertie with the B. Oh, okay. A little typo there on the call screening, Jason. <laughs> hi, hi, Bertie. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for calling. What can I do for you? A couple of questions. Um, my husband and I are looking for home computers, and I was wondering what type of computer would you recommend a good one? Well, you know, that's not a simple answer, but I'll give you a simple answer, but it's not a simple answer generally because, you know, if I were going to do this right, I would spend some time asking, well, what do you want to do with it? What kind of software do you run? 
I'll tell you what is important is who's going to help you with this computer. If you have a lot of friends who uh, use Windows and you want to get a Windows machine, if you have friends who use Mac and you want to get a Mac machine, but all other things being equal, I would generally recommend a Mac for home users. If you want a, a Mac desktop, I think the iMacs are very nice. They're a little pricey. I have to say they are not the cheapest computers out there, but I think they're well-made, and uh, because the uh, Mac operating system is much less prone to uh, security issues, I think they're much more likely uh, to be a, a, a good home computer. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I like them. Now, it really is important, though, if you're you you know if you are, if you're all your friends and maybe, maybe your, your nephew is going to be your tech guy or... Or your father, or somebody, if if or your or your daughter, if 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 that person is a Mac user, then get a Mac. But if they're Windows users, then maybe you should consider Windows machines. Who you're going to get support from is very important. Okay. But but I do like Macs. I would I get them. It sounds like you want to get a Mac, Birdie. Techie type people, we just go in there to do our online banking. Yeah. Check our emails and yeah. Little little online shopping. That's pretty much it for us. I think you'd like it. They're pretty nice computers. Okay. And my second question is, um, I'm looking for a good iPod to download a lot of good music. Is there any particular brand that you would recommend? Isn't it funny that she said iPod because that is the brand. That, uh, but but you're right. It's become the generic brand for all MP3 players, hasn't it? We, we call them all iPods. Uh, yeah, get an iPod. It's it's. Uh, I don't want to sound like an Apple fanboy here. I just recommended two Apple products in a row. But really, the, there is a reason why the iPod outsells everything else 10 to 1. It's easiest to use. It's it just it works great. Um, you get it based on the amount of storage you need. So I'd look at how much music you have, but also on the size. And the iPod Nanos are fairly inexpensive, and I think they're great little uh, MP3 players. I highly recommend the Nanos. Perfect. Thanks, Bertie. Thank you, Leo. Yeah. Great. Great to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. That's the phone number. Eight 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 two seven five five three six. Toll free from anywhere in the U.S., outside the U.S., you can use Skype to reach us. doesn't cost a thing if you use Skype out because it's a toll-free number. Leo Laporte, The Tech Guy. Leo Laporte, the tech guy from Austin, Texas. Great to be here. We're having a great time at uh, Momo's Club. And if you're in the Austin area, come by, say hi. We'll be here all afternoon and uh, until the early evening, until the band comes on at 8 o'clock. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number if you have a question or comment or suggestion. Line three is Louise in California. Hi, Louise. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Sorry to keep you on so long. Thank you for for your patience. And I was working on my 1956 uh, Wedgwood stove. So uh... <laughs> aren't those beautiful? I did that. Uh, we did that in our old house. We uh, we went to a antiques. Isn't that crazy? An antique stove store and had a Wedgwood stove, and the guy reconditioned the whole thing, and they're beautiful. So you're is are you working? When you say you're working on it, are you rebuilding it? one I took one that was white and took every part off and sent it out to be cobalt blue oh how fun and uh, the only thing I didn't do was have the top re-chromed and I'm 
Sorry, I didn't. So I'm going to take the top off and have it go get regrown. <laughs> How fun, though, isn't that? It is. I call yeah. it 66 Buick, you know? Uh, exactly. It's like a car, only it's a stove. But it, but it's so much better than... <laughs> you can cook with it. <laughs> it. It really is. It cooks beautifully. Yeah. yeah. We There's a place, uh, we got ours uh, in, uh, I think it's in Santa Rosa, California, called Johnny's Stoves. And he does that. He re- he kind of renovates old classic stoves. Yeah, yeah, it's a neat thing, and they look fabulous. Yeah. Oh, they do. They and you actually, the the analogy is apt because they really they have chrome, they have fins. I mean, they're practically our cars. <laughs> <laughs> so, what can I do for you? Way I am not that anti-tech. I want you to know that I got into computers in the early '70s and was a tech writer for years. Wow, that's great. The first uh, materials requirements programming. Yes. On many computers. Wow. But uh, anyhow, I have been building my own computers for years, and uh, I'm now 60, and uh, I have a smartphone that I turned off the uh, Internet connection on it because this screen is too small. So I've been, you know, going round and round with my son, uh, why don't they make a big, you know, a tablet that's also a phone? Well, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I found that the Galaxy Tab, the original seven-inch, mm-hmm. and now the ten-inch, ten-inch, mm-hmm. which is a real iPad slayer, by the way. Have you played with the new Galaxy Tab Ten? Not the ten. It's not. Yeah, out. it's the same size as a iPad, but it's running Google's Android operating system, the new version, the Honeycomb version. And I think it has an AMO LED screen on it. Oh, wow. Those are beautiful screens. It does have, I know it has much better speakers. You know, that's one thing. I, I don't, Apple didn't really mention this. They used to have stereo speakers in the uh, iPad. Now they have one tinny little speaker on it. And really the audio has gone way downhill. I think that maybe Apple's expecting you to use headphones or, or speakers or something because they put no energy into the speakers. It's interesting because this, ga- this new Galaxy Tab, it's all about the speakers. They've got surround sound, stereo surround sound speakers on it. In England and Europe, it is a phone. That's right. And it has all the phone capabilities. That's right. Not here. I was telling my son, why don't I just go ahead? I have a Google Voice number. Why don't I just use that and you know pay $35 a month for Verizon for a data plan and uh, go that way. He thinks I'll be unhappy. What do you think? You know, it's funny. When I got the first Galaxy Tab, that was, oddly enough, my exact reaction is, this is great. Why can't I use it as a phone? Now, it's too big to be a phone. I mean, it's even the 7-inch isn't small enough to slip in your pocket, unless you have big pockets. If you have Captain Kangaroo pockets, I guess. or you, But you could put it in your purse. But it just felt like, I got this thing. It does everything. It should be a phone, too. Um Yes, you could use VoIP solutions. Um, Google Voice would be one. Skype would be another. Uh, there's others like Tango, uh, all of which use your Internet access, whether it's 3G or Wi-Fi. They don't have the same restrictions Apple put on FaceTime. App- FaceTime has to work with Wi-Fi. This will work with 3G or Wi-Fi. Uh, and uh, I think they work well. They, Your son has a point. Um, have you used Skype a lot? Phone calls. Pardon me? says I won't be able to receive phone calls. Uh, no, that's not true. Skype, you can buy Skype in credit. Oh. 
and uh, it turns it into a phone number, and it'll even have an answering machine. Well, that, that's Google Voice, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get incoming calls. You just have to have it on. Yeah, it has to be on. It has to be connected to the Internet. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, it's not... Uh, you've tried it. You've tried VoIP calling, so you know what the disadvantages of VoIP calling are. If the quality of the bandwidth isn't very good, you might get a little chattering or digital, some weird digital artifacts. Uh, you know, there's, uh, unfortunately, Google Voice is worse, frankly, than Skype uh, with delay. When you make a phone call with Google Voice, you could, there's a tangible one-second delay. Digital delay. Huh? And it drives me crazy. But if you can live with that, you'll be fine. But, again, Skype it doesn't do that. So, you know, Google Voice seems to be worse than others. Um, you know, I, I, yes, there are disadvantages to voice over the Internet, but I don't think, you know, there's also disadvantages to cell calls. How many bad cell calls have you had? California. Yeah. yeah. I mean, AT&T drops calls all the time on me. So on my iPhone. So I, I mean, it's not like these things are perfect anyway. I would try it. Okay. I would try it. I'm not sure you're ready to abandon your phone just yet. Yeah. And don't forget things like 911. And this is really important. And Skype will say this and Google Voice will say this. We don't do 911. It's not good for an emergency call. So if you want, uh, you know, I'm, if you are proposing replacing your phone with it, I would not recommend that. I would I would have some sort of lifeline phone, some sort of low cost phone, so you could at least make emergency calls. Landline, that's not. That's yeah, okay. landline, but also no, don't forget on the road, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you if your car breaks down and you're trying to use your Samsung Galaxy Tab to call to call nine one one, you're out of luck. Yeah. Am I? No. Well, there's no nine one one. You're not out of luck calling a tow truck. Oh. But there's no emergency calls. Right. I think that's actually a benefit. I'm a little paranoid. <laughs> you don't want them. You don't want them. There's also, uh, uh, the chat room's reminding me about a, a Line 2, which is a kind of interesting uh, software solution that gives you a second line. Uh, that's something you might want to take a look at, too. I would say, why not? Go ahead and try it, but understand the potential limitations of it. Yeah. I just felt like it should be a phone. It, it, they could they could put that chip in. I guess they couldn't get a they couldn't get a U.S. carrier to go along with it. Yeah. The U.S. wireless carriers are just uh, notoriously um, close-minded, conservative. You know, let us decide. If it's too big, it's too big. But some of us might not think it is. I agree. And obviously, they feel like in Europe they could do it. I think it's the carriers. I think it has to be. It's not Samsung. It's uh, they couldn't find a carrier. 8888-ASK-LEO, that's the phone number. More calls coming up in uh, just a little bit. Don't forget our website, techguylabs.com. That's where we put links to everything we talk about. And do get in the chat room. We do now. We've spawned a second chat room. There's over 1,000 people. This is unusual in the chat room. Uh, so many so that we had to open a second one. But that's a great place to get your questions answered, and I watch it too. So if you've got a good answer for me, I'd like to see that in the chat room. More of your calls to come. Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy, live from Austin, Texas.
This portion of the Tech Guy Show is brought to you by my internet service provider, DSL Extreme, for high-speed internet at an amazing price. Call 866-2-GET-NET to get DSL Extreme. Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy. I am, I'm a little hoarse. I've been, uh, I've been uh, uh, talking a lot at, uh, at South by Southwest, the big geek conference in Austin, Texas. Uh, we were out last night covering the parties till uh, late, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm actually in a bar. So <laughs> I just figured I'm here. I'll just stay here all night and I'll be ready for the radio show in the morning. No, we are, we're at Momo's uh, broadcasting live. We're going to be broadcasting live all day uh, from it as part of the South by Southwest festivities. This has really become a fun party. I don't know if becomes the right word. I, th- I guess Austin's always been a party and uh, South by Southwest just piggybacking on the party that is Austin, Texas. Lots of fun. Uh, let's go to line one, Roy in California. You're next, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hey, Roy. Hey, Leo. How are you, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm curious about uh, as to your thoughts as far as something that I felt that really Im- important happened uh, in, in Facebook this week. I know you're not a big Facebook fan, but they announced that uh, you'll be able to rent a movie from Warner Brothers yeah. using Facebook credits. Isn't what that interesting? To me, what yeah. occurs to me as a, as, a, as, a, as a businessman is that uh, that's, doesn't that create a whole new currency? Isn't this, isn't this a, a, a really in, you know, interesting and, and, and very impactful uh, uh, business move on their part? That's a very uh, interesting point of view on the whole thing. You're right. Now, I don't even know how – Facebook credits are new to me. I don't know how you get Facebook credits – they're a dime. They're a dime a piece. You buy them, and you just buy them online. In okay. fact, I heard yesterday that you could buy them in a gift card as a gift card at Target. They've been used for the games, so right. I presume in Farmville you could buy a cow with them or something. Right. Uh, yeah, I remember going into a Seven Eleven and and being able to get Farmville credits at Seven Eleven if you bought a you know a coffee, you had to get a Farmville credit. Uh, this isn't something new. Uh, Microsoft actually is probably the first to do this. With their Xbox point system, you buy Xbox points and use it to buy games. Um, it, but you're absolutely right. I, I, it, it's almost as if, well, why do I need to buy credits? What's, but the reason Microsoft does it, and I'm sure the reason Facebook does it, is because it's expensive to execute a charge online you know, using a credit card. So they bundle them all up, essentially. They encourage you to make $50 purchases instead of a bunch of $0.10 cent purchases. They're all trying to solve... Uh, a, a, a problem called micropayments. How do we how do we accept very small payments without losing all the revenue to uh, to banking charges? Exactly. Um, so the way they do it is they bundle up the small payments into one big one, and you charge it up, and then you've got some credits. Uh, I don't know if Facebook's trying to create their own currency. I wouldn't put it past them, only because they seem to want to take over the world in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, but I think in this case, it's more it's more has to do with credit card charges than uh, anything else. This is a big move, though. I mean, uh, the fact that Warner Brothers is doing this, they're, they're, you have to actually uh, fan the Dark Knight page, and then you can watch the movie. So there's a number of reasons why Warner Brothers would want to do this. Uh, of course, it gives them another place to sell the movies directly to customers. But even more importantly, uh, people recognize that this Facebook ecosystem is really important to business. If you can get more Facebook users, there are 650 million of them now, after all, to do things like like your page, 
when, you know, when they like the Dark Knight web uh, Facebook page or web page, as a matter of fact, works either way. Uh, by doing so, they're um, they're telling all their friends that they liked this page. It's it's free advertising, so I can understand why Warner Brothers is doing it. Uh, I can understand why Facebook's doing it. They're looking at it as another revenue stream, but also they see uh, people like Netflix making a lot of money on streaming movies. Amazon's now getting into the game. Everybody wants to be a player. It's really the reach and power of Facebook never ceases to amaze me. Uh, uh, they have a hand in everything. And uh, this is just one more, uh, one more way that they, uh, th interestingly enough, they still haven't figured out how to make a lot of money at it, but they do seem to have a hand in everything. Would they, would, will Facebook credits be the new uh, uh, coin of the realm? I, I don't think so. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> that, would, that would be a little scary. Hey, let me, uh, before we go on to the next call, remind everybody that it is always a good time to back up. When we uh, talk on the weekends, I like to think of people backing up their data. Of course, if you have Carbonite.com, you don't need to do that. Carbonite does it automatically for you all the time. Whenever you're online, you know about Carbonite, right? I've told you about Carbonite before. C-A-R-B-O-N-I-T-E. It's a backup service, works on Mac and Windows. It's really more than a backup service. That almost, that almost doesn't describe it. It's online storage of all your uh, important data. And you don't have to wait till you have a disaster. You don't have to wait till that hard drive crashes to use Carbonite. Just turn it on, and now wherever you go, you just log on to your Carbonite account. There are your files. It means you can access your files from anywhere, they, even from their free smartphone applications. That's cool stuff. Carbonite's backup, that makes sense. It's automatic. It's to the Internet, so even if the worst happens, you don't lose your data because it's always protected and safe and always available to you. Try it free for 15 days right now. You go to Carbonite.com. Use the offer code LEO. And if you decide to buy it, use my name LEO one more time because that'll take your 12-month subscription, very affordable, by the way, $55 a year, and make it 14 months. Extended for two free months. Carbonite.com. Offer code Leo. you got to back it up to get it back. So do it right with Carbonite. Carbonite.com. Offer code Leo. Gabriel, line two, Downey, California. You're next. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Gabriel. Hello. Hey, welcome to the show. What can I do for you? <clears throat> yeah, I've got a question about the streets and trips. Streets and trips. The Microsoft... Uh, Map guide. Yeah, you got it. I, I I keep getting. I try to get on to the thing, and it uh, it used to work. <laughs> uh, last time I tried to get on, uh, I'm getting a license issue an error. <laughs> yeah. How how old is the streets and trips you're using? Pardon me. When did you get it? I got it at uh, Best Buy. And how long ago? Uh, last year. All right, so it's not old. No. Um, I, you know, good old Microsoft, uh, they, um, they're terrified by uh, piracy, so they've got copy protection on the thing, and you can't use it unless it says it's a valid copy, and apparently uh, it's decided all on its own that it's no longer a valid copy. Easiest thing to do on this probably is to call Microsoft and say, what the heck? And they'll probably, they've got a database. Every time Streets and Trips is launched, it goes online and says, uh, is this a legitimate copy? So probably uh, something's gone wrong in the database there. I suspect they can fix it very easily with a call to Microsoft. But it just it's too bad that they feel it's necessary to do this copy protection stuff, this nonsense. It does The only people it puts out 
frankly, are honest people, like uh, like Gabriel. Um, a pirate doesn't have to worry about it. They just strip the copy protection right out, and then you don't have to. Then you don't have to think about it. It always works. Line four, Glenn in California. Hi, Glenn. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Leo. Welcome to the was, show. Hi. Uh, thanks. I was going to go buy an iPod because I want to get some apps and stuff. I was going to get an iPod Touch. Right. And then my son starts complaining, just get an iPhone. <laughs> they have me so confused. Now my wife's saying, get an iPad. Get an iPad, too. <laughs> okay, so they're all in some ways the same, and they run the same operating system, which is iOS. The iPod Touch is the least expensive because it's got a small screen, but it does everything an iPad does. In fact, you could think of it as the iPad Mini, except that you can't get a 3G version. The iPhone is like the iPod Touch, same size screen, but it has a phone chip in it, so you can make phone calls. You have, and, and, of course, it has 3G in it, so you can get data. The difference is that the iPhone, you have to pay a monthly $100 charge for data. So that phone's going to cost you a lot more in the long run. I'll talk some more about this when we come back. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. The Tech Guy, 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. We're live in Austin, Texas with a bunch of great people at Momo's. What a good bunch, yeah. There's people inside. There's people at the bar. And then there's a whole bunch of people sitting in the back and the outside on the patio enjoying themselves. A couple of guys have those big Dell streaks, you know, those five-inch uh, streak uh, Android uh, phones. And I said, wow, I haven't seen many of those. You guys work for Dell? They said, yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. I want to. I want to. I want to take a look at those. But, you know, it's interesting because that's one of the cool things about Android is you can go anywhere from a. Th- Actually, uh, uh, I've seen uh, two and a half inch uh, screens. The uh, folks at Arcos make little tiny Android devices. There's there there's about the size of an iPod Nano, all the way up to, of course, the new ten inch uh, Samsung and the and the Zoom from Motorola. So that's kind of cool that you can get in any size you want. Apple, in fact, Steve Jobs said, nobody would want anything like a 7-inch display. Nobody would want that. We're going to keep doing 10-inch displays. Well, we shall see. We're talking right now, actually, to a Glenn in California. He's trying to des- decide between an iPod Touch, an iPhone, or an iPad. His kids say, oh, Dad, get the iPhone. His wife says, oh, get the iPad. And Glenn says, I just want an iPad Touch, or I- 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 iPod Touch. The Touch is the least expensive. What are you going to do with it? I just want to have some apps to play with, and the problem is I just upgraded my phone six months ago. Yeah, I don't think you need an iPhone. I think Really, uh, for a lot of people, if you already have a phone, an iPod Touch is kind of the best of both worlds. It, it runs you know, almost all the apps. There are very few apps that require a phone chip, uh, so it runs almost all the same apps. It's the same screen. The, uh, the iPhone has a slightly better camera in the back. Um, in fact, a lot better camera in the back. The iPad's nice because it's nice to have all that screen real estate. It's In fact... That was kind of a revelation when the iPad came out last year. Uh, those of us who'd used iPhones and iPod Touches 
uh, we're very familiar with the apps and the uh, and the um, interface and the operating system. But when we got it on a ten inch screen, it was it was uh, wow, this is great. This 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 really is fun to use. So um, I I have to say I think that I think that any of the three uh, do the job. It just depends what the job is and what you're looking for. Camera any better on the iPad too than the iPod? Because I heard the camera is not that great. It's the same. It's the same cameras as far as I can tell is on the iPod Touch. So if now if you're looking to replace a point and shoot camera, the iPhone is is certainly the best of the three. It's still not quite a point and shoot. Yeah. Are you gonna shoot video mostly or, or stills mostly? No, I just have a granddaughter now and I figured good to have a phone with you to take pictures. I have a Samsung Convoy now, and it doesn't take very good pictures. I got yeah. it because the battery lasts me a week. Well, that's the trade-off, isn't it? An iPhone battery lasts you barely a day. Right. Yeah. So, so the smarter the phone, you know, it's a computer, but uh, it uses, uses up a lot of battery life. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the I, it is interesting because the iPhone has such a good camera on it. Uh, and there is such a broad variety, dozens of great camera-focused applications available for it, that it, in many ways I, I'm seeing some of the best pictures of all coming off of an iPhone just because it's something you always have with you. Yeah. Now, it's not great for taking pictures of little kids. If your granddaughter is uh, moving at all, it, the problem with the iPhone is by the time you get that phone out and you press the camera button and, you, and you're ready to take the picture, she's moved on. <laughs> and uh, and it also doesn't do very well in low light. So uh, you, since you already you say you already have a phone, you already got the contract, you're kind of stuck with that. Um, you might want to look at say an iPod Touch, which will give you the same camera as on the iPad. It's less expensive. Uh, it's more portable, and then perhaps getting a good point and shoot camera to take pictures of your granddaughter. The Wi-Fi, or because I I don't know whether I get a monthly contract so I can go online or. The Touch does not have a 3G option. Oh, it doesn't? No, only the iPad has a 3G option. Oh, that's another problem. Yeah, so the Touch, it's all about the Wi-Fi. you got to be on Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah, so if you want to use the cellular data, that's the 3G that we're talking about, you have to get either an iPhone or an iPad. I would get the iPad, too, if you're buying an iPad. Same price, might as well. Okay, well, thank right. you. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. I, I really appreciate your uh, giving us a ring, and I hope we helped you a little bit. Um, it's funny because pricing. Let's see the i the the Wi-Fi i pad with 16 gigabytes of memory is five hundred dollars. It's not that much more affordable than iPod Touch, really. What is what is the where did, where did, I have to go to the Apple Store and see? But what is the iPod? Uh, what are the are the prices for the iPod Touch? They're they're still fairly expensive. Maybe they're a hundred dollars less. They start at two twenty nine. Okay, so two twenty nine for eight gigs with Wi Fi, two ninety nine for thirty two gigs with Wi Fi. That's that's actually uh, three hundred bucks less than an iPad. So yeah, they are they're considerably cheaper, and they also have a sixty four gig for three ninety nine. So if if price is a consideration, I think the iPod Touch that's that's a pretty good choice. Just hold it close. Get it really close to your eyes, and that's almost like an iPad. I do want to mention uh, Nod32, a great antivirus uh, program that we recommend and use all the time. Uh, as soon as I install Windows on any machine, the next step is to install Nod32 because it's light, it's fast, it's very effective, the prestigious virus bulletin, the independent virus bulletin, 
Uh, just said that they, uh, Nod32 hasn't missed a virus in the wild in 10 years. CNET just gave it five out of five stars. It's a great antivirus for Windows. And now you can get it for the Macintosh. Yeah, it's called Cybersecurity for the Mac. It's from the same company, ESET. And uh, it's just a same lightweight engine, very fast, scans faster than anything out there. Uh, it's got great advanced heuristics that catch virus-like activity before it happens. But really important, I, I'm really pleased they do this, and I hope they'll do it in all their products going forward. Cybersecurity for the Mac has a great educational component because I've said this uh, time and time again. It's your behavior that's most important in protecting yourself from getting bit by a bug online. And uh, this will tell you all the things you shouldn't do, all the things you should do. I want you, I'm starting to talk like I come from Austin. I want you to try it right now. Nod32 <laughs> for Windows and cyber, cyber, I said ESET, Cybersecurity for the Macintosh. You go to ESET.com slash Mac to try it out free for 30 days. If you want to try it for Windows, ESET.com slash Leo. If you use Windows or Mac, you need Nod32. So let's get, <laughs> how many of y'all are from Texas out here now? Oh, yeah. Quite a few. Quite a few. That's great. Well, it's nice to see all of you. And, of course, you got a lot of visitors, a lot of strangers from out of town. But you're showing us some great hospitality. The barbecue, the parties, uh, the music in Austin. Just incredible. What a great town for music. Uh, let's see. Larry in California, uh, our next caller on line two. Hi, Larry. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Great to see you. What, what can I do for you? Okay. Can you hear me okay? I hear you great. Okay. Um, just a few few thoughts about what you said to a woman earlier about the um, uh, Apple versus uh, Windows. A very important point is that uh, I, for example, who am not a computer person, I'm a physician, um, I actually bought a uh, Macintosh computer and dual booted it. Uh, they, it's very easy to do with uh, boot camp. And then you can also get, of course, um, VMware or uh, Parallels. Parallels is supposed to be better. And then you can have them both booted up at the same time. And you can switch back uh, and forth between each system uh, fairly easily. That's true. If there is a need to run Windows software on a Mac, the, the Mac runs Windows just beautifully. In fact, Walt Mossberg at the Wall Street Journal, who's admittedly somewhat of a Mac fan, said that uh, his, Mac, his uh, Macintosh was the best Windows computer he'd ever owned. I'm sitting in front of uh, uh, the new MacBook Pro, and of course, the first thing I did is I put uh, Windows 7 on it on Boot Camp, and uh, I use VMware, and so I'm able to run Windows. Now, I wouldn't recommend buying a Macintosh just to run Windows. It's a, it's a little bit pricey for a Windows machine. So I, only if Macintosh is your primary interest should you consider it, but absol you're absolutely right, Larry. There's no reason to feel like you can't uh, run Windows programs on Macintoshes, and, and, and that is an advantage. You can run Windows programs on Macs, but you can't very easily run uh, Mac software on Windows. It's uh, not legally anyway. One other, one other uh, small, small thing, uh, if you're considering getting a, a, a phone from that last gentleman, uh, a, a very important thing to consider is a phone that you can actually use as a uh, base to, uh, uh, you know, like a, you could even use it to uh, transmit uh, Wi-Fi to uh, an iPad or something. So and in some ways, uh, if you have a phone that can do that, then you don't need, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to be connected uh, with uh, an iPad, or uh, that, that's just another consideration. A good point, too. So, Larry, Larry, I appreciate you calling. Always great to get uh, more information, and uh, that's one of the things that's so much fun about doing this show is we've got a very smart audience. Thanks, Larry. Take care. We're going to take a break. Take more of your calls, 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the phone number. 
Uh, I am here in Austin, Texas at Momo's. If you're in the Austin area, I'll be here for, well, all afternoon and early into the evening as well. So come by and say hi. We're downtown Austin. Uh, and if you're just listening on the radio, we'll hang in there. Your local news is next, and then it's more of the Tech Guy Show. Our website, techguylabs.com. Good day to you, Leo Laporte here, the tech guy live from Austin, Texas at Momo's. And we're having a great time with a great audience. Hello, everybody. They're here for South by Southwest, the big uh, geek convention, which is going on in Austin right now. It started South by Southwest, started as a as a music festival, then became a film festival. So now they have music, film and what they call interactives. Three weeks of uh, of festivals and boy you couldn't p- pick a better town uh, to have a party in especially this time of year it really is it's it's great fun and the streets are alive almost all night long in austin with people having a great time we're still taking calls though and i'd love to hear from you 8888 ask leo that's the phone number if you have a question you want to talk about digital technology we've been talking about the ipad 2 i'll give you in a thumbnail my reaction to the ipad 2 it is, uh, it's cool, it's nice. If you don't have an iPad, it's certainly the one you want to get. But if you've already got an iPad 1, don't feel left behind. It's an improvement, but it's a mild improvement. And certainly, no reason to ditch your iPad 1 and run out and spend hundreds of dollars getting an iPad 2. You can, by the way, you can sell your iPad 1 for some, some decent money. Uh, I'm looking at gazelle.com. Uh, disclaimer, they're an advertiser on the show. They're a company, G-A-Z-E-L-L-E.com, that takes used electronics and resells it, sends you a check. Let me just check what their uh, the price is. Of course, the price starts to tumble as soon as uh, a lot of people try to sell it. Let's say you have a 32 gig, um, I would say this is probably this, the most common iPad 1, a 32 gig 3G iPad 1, and it's in pretty good shape. I'll say it's functional uh, with normal wear and tear. Um, and we'll see what kind of uh, offer that they would give you. Now, they, they, of course, you have to send it to them, and then they sometimes they adjust that offer based on condition and so forth. But um, I think I was told some people are getting as much as three or $400 offers for their old iPad. Now, if you could get that much back and then buy an iPad, too, and it would only cost you a couple hundred bucks, well, now, now we're talking maybe that's worth doing. I have to say you're going to have a hard time getting an iPad, too. There are already two- to three-week waits if you're trying to buy on Apple's website online. I understand most Apple stores are out. There is an Apple store, a special store they built here in Austin, Texas for the South by Southwest crowd. And, uh, and they call it a pop-up store. And that one, I guess, still has iPads because there's a line around the block still there. So I guess you could still get one if you really wanted to. You'd just have to come to Austin. Lane in Signal Hill, California. You're next, Lane. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hey, Lane. You off speakerphone if I can figure out how to run. <laughs> you, you're on a Motorola Atrix, huh? I am. I am 
in my uh, 30-day trial period of a 4G phone, and with it's on AT&T, I guess that's the only, I guess they have... That, that was actually the one thing that kept me from running out and buying an Atrix, is that it's on only right now on AT&T. Is this your first Android phone? Yes. Well, no. I tried uh, the Droid X uh, on Verizon, and it was too big of a lump for me. I yeah, that's the 4.3-inch screen. The Atrix is a more traditional 3.5-inch screen. Yes, because uh, I carry it in my pocket. I don't use a man purse or anything like that. And it was just too big. Yeah. Uh, and I, one of the big things I do is uh, radio streaming. I listen to conservative talk radio while I'm mowing my lawns and stuff. I put the thing in my shirt pocket and walk back and forth, and I always have the radio. No Isn't matter. that great? Isn't that great? I'll tell you, uh, uh, these smartphones, yeah, you pay a pretty penny. And, boy, it's not just the $200 you pay for the phone. It's the $100 a month for two years. They cost as much as a, a full-bore computer, but you can do so much with them. I think for a lot of us, it's worth it. Well, um, yes, it is, because uh, no matter where I am, well, the other thing is in my, you know, in my house or my garage, wherever I am, I don't have to have a radio blaring. Because wherever I am, it's in my pocket. Right. And you can have your headsets on, so you, you don't even bother anybody as you... Uh, um, as, as I live alone, so I don't... That's one of the reasons that... Because uh, I tried uh, a Sony Ericsson Baez, which is a little smaller yet. It's only... It's uh, 3G. It's not the 4G. Right. Like, it, it did a nice little package, and the camera was much better. Um, so you're you're not crazy about the camera on the Atrix? I am not crazy about the camera. That's in too fact, bad. I'm going to return the phone because of the camera. That's really too bad. There's no reason. It's so cheap to put a decent camera chip now in a smartphone. There's really no need no need not to have a good one. What's wrong with it? What does it is it uh, is it too low quality for you? Or what what is what don't you like about it? Actually, the quality is fine. The lens is too long. That's too telephoto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. See, I'm a, a social dancer, and I'm in it. I go to nightclubs, and the Tony Erickson, I could be standing eight feet from a couple dancing and get them full height if I put it in right. the ass, and in the lower light that's in a bar. You know, it's interesting because smartphones for a long time had very wide-angle lenses for exactly that reason. You didn't have to kind of... You could get most, they figured most people want everything. Um, but I, I have a feeling that as people get more sophisticated, they actually don't want those automatic wide angle shots. It's tricky. I mean, you can't, you know, you, it's not a, it's not an SLR. You can't change lenses on a, on a, on a camera phone. Um, you can't, well, I take it back. You can actually, there's companies that make accessories. You couldn't get a wide angle accessory that goes on your camera phone. Believe it or not, they glue on a little ring around the camera and then you can screw into that ring a variety of different lenses, and I've seen those for uh, all of the smartphones. But that's probably going a little far. Well, actually, not for me. If if it if it was if it would do the low light, I would paste uh, a fisheye on top of the lens. I wouldn't really. Oh, absolutely. But it doesn't do the low light well, and the other okay. do well. It doesn't synchronize the sound and the picture well. The Atrix, the real uh, point, uh, the selling point of the Motorola Atrix, it was the first phone 
I guess still is the first phone to have a dual core processor, uh, kind of like the iPad 2. It has two processors at a gigahertz each. It also, it's because it's so powerful, it, it, you can buy, I, I don't know why anybody would do this, but you can buy a, a dock that you dock the phone into and it turns it into a laptop. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? I can't imagine buying that. I mean, uh, but, but apparently they think that's going to be something that people want. I think more of, it's more of a show-off kind of a thing. Look, I can dock my phone and it's so smart it's a laptop. Uh, well, the dock's five hundred bucks. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure who would buy that, especially since it's not Windows, uh, it's not Mac. It's an oddball form of Linux that you get on there. Uh, at the, you know, I asked him because I did buy. You know, I was even balking at the forty dollar uh, car attachment, thinking that uh, do I really want to pay forty dollars when I can get it aftermarket cheap? Right. <clears throat> but since I'm trying the phone. I went ahead and got it, but it, it'll, the big deal it does is it allows you to charge your phone while you're driving. Which, right. You know. I, think, I think a lot of people don't know, but you can do this. Most, most cell phone companies, most wireless carriers like AT&T will let you try a phone. And uh, how long do you have to try it? A month? I, I, have, I have 30 days, but here's the, the tricky part, you know, the small print. is like, first I tried uh, the Sony Ericsson because it wasn't available. Then I had to go back to my old phone for, it was five or seven days, and then, so now I'm trying the Atrix, because otherwise they just give you the rest of the month. Ah, so you gotta, you got to wait till that month runs out and then try a new one. Do they charge you a restocking fee or anything, or is it just, it's free to try? Uh, there is a $35 restocking fee. Okay. One so, good, good to know, but I'll tell you what, uh, more people should do this, because I think a lot of us buy a phone, take it home, and then say, gee, after a week or two, I, I wish it had a better camera, or I wish it were lighter, or I wish the screen were easier, or whatever. It, try before you buy. If it, you, you know, you can use it for a month for 35 bucks, and it really gives you a sense of how, how good or bad that phone is. Hey, Jim, I thank you. Uh, thank you for the Was it Jim? No, I'm sorry, Lane. Thank you for the call. More calls to come right after this. Leo Laporte, live from Austin, Texas. Live from Austin, Texas, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. And we are at Momo's and having a great time. Yeah. Great bunch of people, too, let me tell you. It's a lot of fun. Taking your calls, answering questions. 8888-ASK-LEO. Let's start with Jim in California. Jim, you're next. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Line one. How about line two, John in Pasadena, California? Hi, John. Oh, hi. Hey, welcome to the show. What can I do for you? Okay, I'm in a Sony uh, electronics from computers. But uh, if I wanted to dub language, move to foreign language, what would I do? Okay, we're getting every other word. You need to cut the PA in here quite a bit because uh, every other word's coming through. It's, I think you said you wanted to dub English language movies into foreign languages? Right. <laughs> wow. What language? A native and have them do the script and then, you know, uh, dub the English language movie into the language. Um, 
So the issue is, of course, the sound, the audio track of the movie. And uh, you know, it's be easy to take the audio track off any video and put new audio track. There's a problem doing that, though. You lose the music, the sound effects, and everything else. So the, the best way to do this would be to use um, a movie that has separate audio tracks for the speech than for the music. Okay. But where are you going to get that? I don't know. Yeah. So where are you planning on getting these movies? I like all old-time American movies, and I wanted like the... Yeah. You won't be able to do it because unless you get... Uh, now, I think maybe on some Blu-ray DVDs, you might be able to separate the uh, language track out. You know, a lot of uh, DVDs have have uh, programmable language tracks. So in that case, you'd be able to get it from the Blu-ray. Uh, I'm not sure, though, if they let you access um, uh, that. They can do it. Actually, even regular DVDs can do it. Uh, but I'm not sure if they give you access to them. I bet they do. I bet you if you rip a DVD and you look at the audio tracks, that there are separate audio tracks for the, the the vocals. If that's the case, then all you have to do is take that audio track, replace it with your foreign language track, and mix that all back down. Uh, so any DVD ripper, if this is going to be possible, any DVD ripper that can see all of the audio would be able to do that. Okay, great. Can I ask another question? Yeah. Okay, uh, you know the ZI8 um, camera? The GI8 camera? ZI8. Uh, yes, the the Kodak. Yeah, the ZI8. What would be a comparable point-and-shoot camera to that that you'd well, recommend? The Kodak ZI8 is designed around shooting video. It, I mean, it, it does do, I guess it would do stills, but really it's a video camera. So are you looking to shoot video or are you looking to shoot stills? Well, you kind of say, like, well, why get a, just a, a video camera when you can get a point-and-shoot that does the same stuff? Well, exactly. I think nowadays uh, I would look at almost any point-and-shoot. They'll all do high-def video. They'll do a great, great a great job, probably a better job than the ZI-8, but they're going to cost more. The ZI-8 is fairly inexpensive. You can get it for $100. Um, uh, you know, a point-and-shoot is going to cost twice, twice that. But if you are in the market for a still camera, Absolutely. These days, I would I would expect that still camera to shoot at least what we call 720p video. That's high def video, and almost all of them will do a very very good job. One of my my favorites, well, uh, I my favorite point and shoot camera right now, uh, probably the Canon S95. Uh, it does great 720p video. I have a Lumix Panasonic Lumix LX5, also great video. Um, so those are both excellent. Now, one thing the ZI8 does have that most of these point-and-shoots don't have. And it's the one reason I often recommend a ZI-8 if, if what you're doing is just shooting video, is have a microphone jack. The ZI-8 has a little mini microphone jack, which means you don't have to use the built-in microphone. You can get another microphone, a good microphone, a handheld or a shotgun or a, a boom mic or whatever, you, you know, depending on how much you want to spend, and get much better audio. And it turns out the quality of the, of the audio on, a, on, on video is very important. Uh, so that's a real advantage the ZI-8 has. Some higher-end cameras certainly have that capability, uh, but I don't know how many point-and-shoots do. So, uh, th th yes, I do recommend point-and-shoots for video. I would certainly... Oh, no, Kodak took away the line-in audio from the newer models. Oh, Uncle Bick, that's, a, that's bad news. Uh, certainly, uh, if video uh, is quality is important, the point-and-shoots are going to be better, probably. Uh, but if audio quality is important, I would look for one that has a line in. I don't have to see if I can find 
something to replace the ZIA. That's too bad that Kodak took that out. That's that was the that was one of the great features. Uh, Jim in California, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Jim. I see line one, Jim from California. All right, I'll go to Tom. How about let's Tom or Jim? Uh, let's go to Tom. Tom on uh, on line one. Hi, Tom. Hi, Leo. Uh, much like yourself, I'm the family IT guy. Yeah. And I've got a family member in another city who has managed to get all kinds of viruses and malware, et cetera, on his computer. And I'm looking for a decent, free uh, remote access program. I found a dozen of them, but I can't get a decent line on which one actually works. You know, it, the one that, when I asked this question in, uh, in the past, the chat room always recommends is Team Viewer. Team? Team, team Viewer. Okay. Uh, now I haven't tried it. You know, I use go to my PC, which is not free, but it, you know, I think sometimes you get what you pay for. A lot of what these guys are doing is giving you kind of adequate free remote access in order to sell you, to upsell you to their decent quality remote right. access. Um, but you know, there's log, log me in has been around for a long time with a free version, but uh, everybody in the chat room seems to love team viewer. So that's the one I'm going to say, try. Okay. And it, it okay. you know you it does it does what I presume what you want to do, which is allows you to access someone else's computer remotely. It works on Windows and Mac and even on Linux, and you can even use it from a smartphone. Yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. I need yeah. to be able to get onto his computer, download the uh, the software that I need, uh, the malware, anti malware program, right. and get it installed. Right. Yeah, you know we our advertiser uh, Citrix makes two programs that are great for this. One of them is called Go to My PC. They just came out with a, an iPad uh, app for that. That's amazing. And they also make one that's specifically for support, specifically for what you do, which is called Go to Assist Express. You can use it free. I'll tell you what, if you're only going to do this once and you don't need to do it long term, just use the free version, Go to Assist Express. It's the best. I mean, it's really designed for doing this. Um, and in fact, it will let you drag and drop files. So you can, dra you can download the malware fix to your computer and then using GoToAssist, just drag it over to his computer, which might save you some time. Okay, that's probably what I'll do. Um, yeah. And then regarding his browser, because I know what he's doing, and he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> okay. And one of the, I, I can't remember which browser I use, whether it's Chrome or whether it's Internet Explorer. Uh, that when you get an infected website, it pops up and says, don't go here. Yeah, all of them now do that if you turn it on in the latest version of IE, IE8. Uh, Chrome will do that. Google even does that now. If you search for a site that has, has malware on it, Google won't let you go there until you say, yes, I know it has malware on it. So that's getting better and better and better. I'm I am a big Chrome fan. That's the Google browser. They they just Chrome Canary. Yeah, it's just fantastic. And in fact, uh, they, they were the they were the browser that uh, nobody could crack uh, in the recent uh, Pwn to Own contest, which is all about uh, cracking into. Uh, into a computer's safari got cracked within five seconds nobody ever cracked chrome so that's pretty impressive hey thanks for the call leo laporte the tech guy more to come right after this
This portion of the Tech High Show is brought to you by DSL Extreme, my internet service provider for high-speed internet at an amazing price. Call 866-2-GET-NET to get DSL Extreme. We were talking a few minutes ago about point-and-shoot cameras and looking for a good point-and-shoot that shoots great video and has line-in on the camera so you could use your own microphones. You, you don't have to, but if you wanted to. And uh, Eric W. in our chat room said that the uh, Nikon P7000, which is just an excellent camera all around, does have a mic input. So there you go. My friend Andy Anatko, who reviews uh, hardware and uh, software for the Chicago Sun-Times, is a big fan of the Nikon P7000. He just thinks that's a great camera. There are really three cameras in that category. All three are very good. They're kind of um, high-end point-and-shoot cameras. They... They do a lot of things that pro photographers want. One is the Canon S95, S95. One is the Panasonic Lumix LX5. And the third is this Nikon P7000. They're all kind of usually grouped into a, clumped into a group together. And I, I think they're, I think they're uh, uh, all three very good. But boy, that, that's a compelling reason to get the P7000. If it has its own microphone input, that's fantastic. Back to the phones we go. Rod is on the line from Upland, California. Hi, Rod. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Line two. Hey, Rod. I'm sorry. Uh, are you there? I'm here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I got a question concerning uh, Internet provider for my area. I live in Verizon, Verizon phone area, and I had and canceled Fios because it was a little pricey. Uh, I tried to get DSL Extreme, and they're saying my house doesn't qualify, I guess, because I now have fiber. Uh, is there anybody else that can provide something like that for my my location? You think? Yeah. So the way the way it works, it's boy, I tell you, it's a complicated uh, area right now. This internet service, the way DSL Extreme works, and any DSL company is over your phone line, your copper phone line, um, and uh, Verizon has been doing an interesting thing when they bring FiOS to a house. It's apparently I, I'm I'm not hearing this from Verizon, but I've heard this from a number of people. Not uncommon for them to cut your copper. Right. Why they would cut the copper beyond me? It seems it should be illegal. Now, yes, they own it, but they own it because the municipality gave them a monopoly and said, yeah, all right, you have a monopoly, and in return for you laying all this copper, we're going to give you an exclusive to phone service in this area. I mean, that's very, very valuable. The idea was we'll, we'll, we'll give them some payback for their infrastructure but look they've long ago paid for that copper infrastructure it seems to me at this point that it is not merely verizon's copper it's your copper it's the city's copper uh you know people have been paying for that copper for a long time and for verizon to cut it is i think extremely uh, anti-competitive it's <laughs> them saying hey we got fios in here so uh, forget dsl extreme and anybody else who wants to use the copper right so i i think it's appalling uh, and Verizon should be smacked around for it. Uh, of course, uh, we've unfortunately got an FCC that has no guts. Uh, we never had an FCC that has guts when it comes to the phone and cable companies. They've just let them run roughshod over us. And it's why, unfortunately, the United States has among the worst Internet access of any highly developed country. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> if they cut the copper, which it sounds like they did... Uh, you're stuck. You have one choice. You, you know, basically they cut the competition. That's it, huh? Isn't that awful that they could do that? Yeah, unfair. I mean, uh, technically, uh, you know, it's their copper, but it is your property. 
One of our uh, chatters, Dr. Mom, is saying, I didn't let him on the property. I, they came to cut the copper when I got Fios, and I said, no, you can't come on the property. Um, I suppose in some areas, uh, the municipality may prevent that. You can, as the homeowner, prevent that. But once they've done that, they've really effectively cut the competition. You now have to use Fios. Isn't that awful? It's. It seems like, uh, I don't know, I just... Uh, we, we let these guys get away with murder for so long that they just have become accustomed to it. And this and they, they, they hey, it's our right. It's our copper. We'll do whatever we want. Uh, Dennis in San Leandro, California. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Line three. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Leo. Loving your show. Thank you. Keep me up to date on all the technology stuff. Well, I, I, I love doing it. It keeps me up to date, you know? I mean... Uh, if I don't know an answer, boy, somebody knows it, our chat room or somebody on the, uh, on the other uh, line. And so it's hard. It's, it's hard for me. And if I didn't do this show, I don't know how I'd keep up. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I'm looking at netbook. Um, I have a service business and I have my customer database at home on the, uh, desktop and I'm changing my new database from my, uh, 1985 DOS flat file to a, uh, new, <laughs> What were you using? PFS uh, database or what? <laughs> Q&A. Q&A. Oh, I, I remember that. It was quite good. I used to use Q&A right. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It served me well, except, you know, you can't, you know, copy and paste. And, uh, no, it's a little old-fashioned. <laughs> and, and around at the time. And so, you know, it's kind of tough. But. We've come a long way, baby. <laughs> 25 years later, you can cut and paste. Yeah, I know. The... Uh, I'm uh, moving it to uh, Act by Sage, I guess, and okay. I want to, basically what I want to do is get like a netbook to uh, put my database on there, carry it around when I do my service calls, and update it and sync it, like it back. And so I'm in the market to buy a netbook, and I don't know if I should go that route or should go to a, like a tablet PC, because it's pretty much a Windows program. It's not right. A- you know, it's interesting because you don't hear people talk about netbooks much anymore, do you? Right. Right. Uh, I think what happened is netbooks were all the rage last year because they were so cheap. You could get a netbook, which is a, a you know a Windows laptop, yeah. a small and lightweight for 200, 300 bucks. I mean, they were cheap. But guess what? They were cheap. <laughs> they were they were not very good. Uh, they broke. They didn't. Re- they weren't reliable. They weren't very fast. And I think that the kind of the world turned against netbooks. Huh? Now, in truth, all a netbook ever was was a, a small, lightweight, low-powered laptop. And there are still plenty of small, lightweight, low-powered laptops out there. There's lots of them. They may not be $250 anymore, but they're certainly well under $500. So that category exists. It's just we don't call them netbooks because they got such a you know bad rap. Yeah. Um, I, I think a tablet's an interesting choice. Microsoft is coming out and says they're going to be, uh, by in the next few months, you know, at least seven or eight new Windows-based tablet computers. Uh, you certainly can get one now. HP, uh, Lenovo, a number of companies sell tablet computers. They all, right now, most of them still use styluses. They're not iPads. Uh, they, they use styluses. And uh, Windows, let's face it, Windows 7, even though it has touch built in and does a pretty good job of it, wasn't built from the ground up to use touch like uh, Apple's iOS was. So... It's, it's an afterthought. It's an add-on, and I think it's not quite as good. So unless you really know that touch is all you need and all you want, um, I think you probably do want to get a small uh, laptop. Lenovo makes an, some ex- excellent ones. I really like 
the uh, small and light Lenovo's. Uh, I'm in Austin, Texas, so if I don't say Dell, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Those guys with the streaks are going to throw them at me. So, but I've always liked Dell. In fact, Dell makes also some tablets. We have a Dell tablet we like a lot. So there are a number of great uh, choices out there. I presume you want small and light. That's probably even more important than price. Ten inches is the perfect. You know, I know they're coming out with the Atom in five seventy. Well, and again, this was uh, you know, in, even Intel didn't want to sell these processors. This was all driven by a market. Remember, we were in a deep recession. I mean, maybe we still are, but it, but everybody last year said, oh, nobody's going to have any money. We've got to find a way to sell computers to uh, people who have no money. So Intel was convinced to make these Atom processors, even though I don't think they wanted to. They, they, they are so low, so slow, so cheap. They make hardly any money on them. They don't make anybody happy. I would not look at an Atom processor at this point. I would look at one of the uh, Intel Core 2s, the CLUV, the very low voltage ones, they make, they, there are a number of great laptops that use those that are much better. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Austin, Texas for the South by Southwest Festival at the great Momos. And we've got a great crowd here. They've just been very good, very patient. Look what I got. I got a kickball. Did you know that there is a World Adult Kickball Association? Kickball.com. So we're going to play a little kickball afterwards. What do you say? Can we play it out in the street? Or maybe we'll just play it on the deck at Momos. That should be a lot of fun. Look at that, a kickball, our very own we could actually play kickball in the uh, new studio. I think it's big enough. <laughs> there's, enough for, there's enough room in there. And also, thanks to Yam, who's a, uh, a Dallas, uh, or uh, sorry, Austin-based photographer, who brought me some homemade bread, little bacon cheddar bread. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, here, here comes my producer Eileen on that one. Bacon cheddar bread, yeah. Michael, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Michael. Hello, Leo. How's it going? Ooh, I'm doing great now that I got some bacon cheddar bread. <laughs> what can I do for you? That's that's rude. I have enough to share, Michael. If you'll come to Austin. Uh, I have the uh, Sprint Samsung Epic uh, 4G, and uh, currently I have 2.1 on there. However, I'm trying to run Skype, and Skype in the uh, Android market says that it needs 2.2. Yeah. On Galaxy S. Yeah. What is a safe way that I can get my hands on a 2.2? And I guess uh, what I've heard is rooting the device. Yes, rooting the device. And here's the good news. It's safe. It's easy to do because Android is an open source operating system. It's well known, well understood. And rooting it, you know, people compare rooting an Android device to jailbreaking an Apple device. It's similar in, in one respect. It means you have more control over what you can do to that device. It's a lot safer on Android uh, because, uh, frankly, Android is better understood. Apple doesn't reveal any details about iOS. So, you know, this is a little, is a little annoying. Samsung updated its Galaxy series in Europe. Uh, they have the update to the latest version. I think they have the update to 2.3. The problem is that the carriers in the U.S. are the ones who have to make those updates. 
And I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I've heard one story is that it costs the carriers more money. They have to pay more money to Samsung to do an operating system upgrade than they would to do a security patch, for instance. So they're less likely to offer those upgrades. Uh, if that's the case, come on, AT&T and, and, and T-Mobile and Verizon, get off the stick and update these, uh, these Samsung phones. There's no reason not to update them. There's nothing technical. So there are a number of good places to go uh, for um, Android. What, what you really would like is an Android ROM that would update you to 2.3. Um, and there's a great, um, a great forum uh, for Android and, and um, it's, it's X, is it XD Developers? I'm trying to remember the name. Is, what is the chat room? Give me the name. Is it XDDevelopers.com? Is that right? Uh, I, can, I can never remember. XDA Developer. That's it. Thank you very much. That was Tech Chick Lori who knew that. No? Oh, the kickball guy. Wow, that's impressive. XDA developer. So if you Google, wow, he does kickball and Android. If you Google, Michael, if you Google XDA developers, I think it's xda-developers.com, but Google it. Uh, they have ROMs and r instructions for routing all the major carriers, and you'll get a lot of support, frankly, for the uh, Samsung Galaxy phones because there's a lot of mad owners who are saying, where's our update? 2.1 is way too old. 2.2 at least, please. Um, before we get to, I want to talk to Jim in just a second. He's in uh, Ridgecrest, California. Maybe if we get time, we'll, we'll get Larry back online because he had a, he had a suggestion, but I didn't get to his question. But before I do any of that, is it, sh Luis, should I talk about Carbonite now? Is this a good time to do that? All right. I'd like to talk about backing up with Carbonite.com because I am such a big fan of this. Uh, when my daughter went to college, I put Carbonite on her laptop. I don't, need, I don't need to worry about it. She doesn't need to worry about it. Carbonite automatically, whenever she's online, backs up her data. So, And, you know, laptops get lost. They get stolen. Hard drives crash. Disasters happen. And I know that at some point she's going to call, say, I, my term paper, it's gone. What do I do? And I'm going to say, no problem. It's there because we've been backing up along with Carbonite. Carbonite's automatic backup, automatic to the Internet. It uses SSL. That means if you know, even if you're at Momo's using an open access Wi-Fi spot at a Starbucks, you can still be backing up safely and securely. You can further encrypt it if you want total privacy. And the nice thing about Carbonite is wherever you go, anywhere you can get online, Mac or PC, even with a smartphone, you can get your data. You can check it. You can see if it's there. You can even download it. You don't have to wait for disaster to happen. $55 a year for unlimited backup, all the personal data on your internal drive. And if you use my name, Leo, you get an additional two months on the year subscription. Try it, though. Try it before you buy. I always think you should do that. Go to Carbonite.com. Use the offer code Leo. Try it for free for two weeks. If you like it, use my name, Leo. You'll get two additional months when you subscribe for a year. Carbonite.com. you got to back it up to get it back, so do it right with Carbonite. Jim in Ridgecrest, California. Hi, Jim. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hey, Leo. Welcome to the show. What can I do? Well, I'm trying to move, and by the way, Android and kickball. What a combo. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, wish I was there. <laughs> I'm trying to move from a Windows Mobile 6.5 phone, which I like, to an Android phone, maybe an AT&T Inspire. And what I want to do is sync it up with uh, KDE applications such as Contact. I'm a Linux guy. And All right. And I'm mm. guilty. I haven't done enough research, but it is dismal. Uh, I saw one post 
where somebody was trying to do essentially that, and the answer on one of the forums was, hey, we're not Windows. We don't do that stuff. Oh, that's terrible. And I'm a retired geek and a business guy, and if Linux is ever going to make it, and I've been a Linux user for five years. Anyway, got any That's help? terrible. I, I think, well, let me ask uh, uh, an intermediate question. Can you at least sync KDE contact with Google? Um, I'm supposed to be able to, but I, I'm guilty. I haven't tried it. Once you can, look, the, 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 the right answer for this, and it's not an Android answer, it's, it's really for any smartphone. If a, a PIM, if a database, a contact manager, con calendar program doesn't sync to Google Contacts and Google Calendar, uh, Google Tasks, whatever, you know, it, it, it's not, you shouldn't be using it because the, the idea of that sync means you can, you're backing it up. So it's I accessible anywhere, everything. and anytime you get a new smartphone, whether it's an Apple one or an Android one, as soon as you log in to your Google account, those stuff, you know, I just got a new iPad. Within three minutes, I had all my contacts, all my calendar on it because I just synced it up with Google. Yeah, I've heard you say that, and I, and I really need to try that. It um, seems to me the best and the only answer, but... Uh, and I, and um, do these KDE um, guys say, well, we won't support Google either? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't want to dump on them. Um, one of the things is, I, I've got to tell you, I like Gmail, but I don't like the Google Calendar because I'm an old Outlook user, and the Google Calendar is just way too limited for me. Yeah, I mean, you don't but, have to use it. I, I, I understand right. what you're It's a knothole. I can drag it through to the phone, right? Exactly. Don't think of it. You don't have to use it ever. Ah. Don't think of it as that. Think of it as cloud-based storage that synchronizes with everything else. Okay. And and if you don't like the calendar, don't use it. Now, there is that issue that it may not have as many features, let's say, as your KDE calendar or your Outlook calendar. Yeah, but it supports VCAL, so it ought to be it okay. It does. It supports the VCAL standard, which, uh, you know, that's that's a good standard. So anything that VCAL will do, the Google Calendar will do, yes. Okay. Well, I'll be brief. And by the way, longtime listener, I really enjoy your show, especially Thank the you. radio guy part that you bring to it. I also worked in broadcasting, and I don't know anybody that combines a good broadcast show along with geeky stuff. Well, Jim, you're my new favorite listener, so thank you for joining us on The Tech Guy. Thank you. <laughs> and just so you know, I did cut my ear with my hand when I said that. Let's see if we can get one more in. We're almost done. We are here with, a, as you probably noticed, a live audience at Momo's. It is a great, boy, we're starting to fill up here. It is a great day. We're at South by Southwest in Austin. I really want to thank the folks at Momo's for making Momo's available to us. Uh, and thank all of you for coming out early. They were lining up as early as 7 in the morning this morning. I can't imagine why. That's nuts. Maybe it's because coming up right after me, we've got uh, Tom Merritt and the Tech News Today show. And then we're going to do This Week in Tech following that, the podcasts that uh, I do on the Twit Network. If you want to know more about those, you'll find links there and links to everything we've talked about today on the show at techguylabs.com. That's our website. Thanks to our great chatters, too, and our great chat moderator, Dan, CWBP, Darth Emma, Dustin Hip, Houdini7, Icon, Inferno10, Kevin H, Life Suzu, Marmot, Sly Ferret, Tex, and Troubled and Warpoli. <laughs> we have 100 moderators. No wonder the chat room's always full. Thank you for doing such a great job. They're all volunteers. Thanks to Luis Oliveira in the control room for running this show. And I know it's always hard when we have a live show because... Luis has to work double time to make sure everything's working. Jason Howell, who's done a great job here on site and getting everything working and producing this show. Jammer, uh, Jammer B, John Slanina, too, who was the guy who drove the truck, among other things. 
And uh, thanks, Jason, at the studio for taking the calls. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next week. Have a great Geek Week. I am Leo Laporte, the Tech Guy. All right, I'm going to crowd surf now.